Hola, universe. Or should I say, hmm, uh, dotre, no, no, not gonna say it, say it tomorrow. Anyway, um, hello, universe. And I, I would have been here earlier, but I, I had to listen to some music. Like, I've had such a buoyant day that I came home on a floating note of, I should put some music on the radio, and that turned into grabbing the Bluetooth speaker out of the bathroom and really playing some music, especially Train, which I had a five-song marathon of, because, well, there's definitely one more clever lyricist in the world. But Train for pop music lyrics are phenomenal. And, in fact is something that makes me want to go dig deeper and find out just what the hell all else they have to say other than the seven songs I've uh, somewhat uh, shadow-grabbed off YouTube. So, <clears throat> that's where I've been for the last half hour. Because I could have started this around 4.45 or so, and now it's 5.27. So, there. You wanted to know where I was? I was dancing. Well, yeah, I was. <laughs> Fuck, man, I've been dancing a lot. If 20... 22 has a surprise variable that stayed in play all year. It's how much I fucking danced by myself in an elated mood. 2022 is not only the peak year of that activity, it's the only year of that activity. I exaggerate zero. Where did this one come from? I don't fucking know. But... I think I'm going to go dance to another song right now. So, I'll be back. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I forgot to name the clear, the more clever pop lyricist than Train. And that is Lily Allen. In fact, I was having the thought a couple of weeks ago. If I had to pick only one of these two bands to be here on my next rerun, which one would I pick? Red Hot Chili Peppers, Lily Allen. That is how clever I think Lily Allen is. Because my love for the Red Hot Chili Peppers goes deep. But my respect for clever in this world? Well, that's infinite. And Lily Allen is just a swimming pool with fountains and geysers and all sorts of cleverness. Pause. Uh, I don't know if you can dance to fuck you. But, are you kidding me? Of course I'm going to go listen to that one right now. Do you get a kick out of being small-minded? Oh, that's clever. Uh, I love you, Lily Allen. It's time I came out of my Lily Allen closet. Lily Allen, I would marry you, and I don't even know you, but I think you're that clever. Well, um, I probably should go take a hot shower and wash my love of Lily Allen off myself. And... No, that's not some double entendre about some sort of gross thing, so get your minds out of the gutter. But, if I do that, then I'm going to be in the shower doing dishes, and fuck, man, doing dishes in the shower while trying to forget about Lily Allen? Has anyone else tried to do that? Do you know how hard that is? It's almost impossible. So before I get all woo-woo on my abilities to do those kinds of multitaskings, well, maybe I should just smoke some weed and talk into a microphone. I've proven I can do that. I didn't say anything about doing it well. I said I've proven I can do that. Watch this. I will 
All right. I believe my chance of successfully hitting the pause button in this next pausing break is excellent. Here we go. And pop. This is just me popping my head into the color booth where I'm like, hey, guys, did you notice how well I paused on that last break? Yeah, I just wanted to say hi. How you guys doing? Happy Christmas and all that shit. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All right. Bye. <coughs> For those of you who think I don't need to smoke any more weed, I've probably got enough in my system. Hey, you're probably right. But don't think I'm not willing to push boundaries. If there's anything I'm willing to push. Oh, it's boundaries. Uh, and my uh, scooter when it's out of gas. I'm willing to push that too. What? What are you willing to push? All right. <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> Cough. <coughs> All right. Maybe I can control it. All right. So, shall we push ourselves into a pond of polarizing poetry? No, let's push ourselves into a puddle of provocative philosophy. Wait, is that alliteration? Seems like it, but seems like it's not. Hmm, that I would have to look up. I wonder if it's defined by the actual syllable, not the letter. Could be, huh? Well, 11th grade was a long time ago, so fuck y'all. <laughs> All right, well, one thing we can clearly state at this moment in time, I am in an unusual mood. A good one. I mean, I'm in a... If anything, what I'm in is kind of a... Hmm, jerky boys mood, maybe? Let's think. Let's think. Let's think if we can come up with a 21st century reference. I am in a mood of Dora the Explorer meets SpongeBob SquarePants. Something like that. Pause. <laughs> and no, I don't know anything about either one of those two, so don't hold me to that. That's what we call being absurd and making fun of something because it's funny. Not because I'm trying to be insightful and fucking meta in a goddamn 21st century media environment. No, I'm stoned and I'm babbling. Give me a break. Pause. All right, but what puts me in this jack-a-cracker mood? Well... Rice Krispie Treats, for one. Ironically. No, not ironically. Because Cracker Jacks and Rice Krispie Treats are completely different material. So that, again, is not ironic. I'm sorry to be harsh about that. But we are going to keep that straight on this podcast going forward. Or I am not named... Well, fuck it. Doesn't matter what my name is. We're going to keep it going so that way. Ah. <sighs> Do you see how quickly that sets me off? Irony is to be respected and correctly identified. Right, Alanis? Buzz. Okay. But like a little blue boy in a white sailor hat, these Rice Krispie Treats are not made of Cracker Jacks. But Rice Krispie Treats would be part of it, as would Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, especially the miniature varieties. Oh, my God. I don't know if I've ever admitted to this, but my very favorite treat of all time is a frozen minute. Oh, kitty, don't go on the laptop. Kitty, no, 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 no. I'm going to open the sock drawer for you. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Look at that. Oh, my God. Look at that. Look at that. Sock drawer. Sock drawer. Oh, there you go. Get all my socks all covered in fucking hair, will you? Probably piss in there if you don't mind. That'd be great. Just don't jump on the fucking laptop. There was no way she should be jumping on that laptop right now. <clears throat> okay. Not like there's porn on my laptop or anything either. No. 
As a matter of fact, I've gotten rid of almost all my porn. You know what's funny? <laughs> I, I am embarrassed by how much porn was on my fucking phones. I didn't even know. I really did not know. I never look at the porn on my phones. When do I look at porn on my phone? I mean, I didn't even... One of them, the file was buried so deep in my fucking goddamn phone, I, I'm like, God, no wonder I kept running out of space so fast on this fucking phone. I have 19 gigabytes of porn on here. Seriously. Kitty, do not look at my laptop. All right, part. All right, I've, uh, I've rectified the laptop situation, so we're good. Sorry about the disruption, but blame the cat, for fuck's sake. I opened the damn sock drawer for her. Okay. Hey, Phoebe, what was I talking about right before there? Do you remember? Well, try to. Here, fuck. Okay, I'm here to pathetically admit I had to hit stop and rewind to remember that I was talking about purging for my porn. So, I think I'm high enough now. Well, I think I'm high enough for now. That's me putting my bong down with some authority. And, oh yeah, that reminds me. I thought of another movie I have to buy. As a matter of fact, I will buy it this week on fucking Amazon or whatever. And that is uh, Team America World Police. I've probably watched that movie 500 times, and I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. And uh, I know there was a purchased uh, Blu-ray copy in the house when I lived with Patrick, but I'm also very sure that Blu-ray copy was Patrick's. And my digital copy is certainly not a copy that came with Patrick's Blu-ray copy. So I owe them that, especially after paying so much homage to them here on my recordings. Well, certainly I can go out and support them in full. Now, I bought uh, South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut in three different formats and gave it twice as a gift. I also own, own Orgasmo on Blu-ray. I mean, on DVD. Not many people do. Um, and... Uh, I have seen Book of Mormon in the theater three times and given the tickets away once as a gift. So, I still owe them Team America World Police. So, I will go buy that DVD this week. I wonder if I could buy that at a pawn shop and would that count? Nah, I gotta go legitimately buy that motherfucker at Walmart. Or, I mean, no, I'm not gonna buy it at Walmart because I need to go buy that at where? Yeah, where? Best Buy? With same as Walmart. Hmm, interesting question. I'm going to ask some people around where I should buy that damn movie. Because where should I buy that movie? I wonder if I could buy it. I wonder if I can buy it on South Park Studios. That's where I have to look first. Anyway, so there's one. But I've been thinking hard on that one. And that's the only one I've come up with that I need to go buy. I'll keep thinking about it. But that one for sure. And uh, I don't have a copy of Seven. I definitely did at one point, but I also definitely at one point lost 3.5 uh, terabytes of media. Most of which was television, but a lot of which was movies. And I thought Seven was in my permanent collection, but apparently Seven was in my not-so-permanent collection, which is fair, because honestly, Seven, you're either a Seven lover or a seven uh, queasier, put offer. There's just enough in seven to be, uh, it's just a movie I don't need to watch more than twice. Or, 
I just watched Seven last week, and I'm going to watch it again tonight. There's those people. But having rewatched The Usual Suspects and Fargo over the weekend, I will say Fargo disappointed. And a, a funny thing is that I brought up that I had done that to a guy at work who watches a shit ton of movies. And when he heard those two, the names of those two movies, he's like, I saw Fargo as a teenager, and I, ne- I never got what the big deal was. And I said, that's funny, because I loved the movie enough to maybe have called it one of my five favorite movies until I just rewatched it. At which point, I'm wondering now if it's even in my top 25. There are some very, 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 very good things in Fargo, but there are some very glaring weaknesses, including the entire subplot with that Asian guy. I don't even know why that's in the movie. I really don't. If somebody can explain to me why that's in that movie... Well, that might be the most interesting thing left about Fargo. Now, The Usual Suspects, I will say, by today's standards, is slow. But the payoff is still fucking great. The question is, is it great for today's audience? The answer is, I really doubt it. So now I'm in that position where I've told somebody at work, oh my God, you've never seen Seven, Fargo, and The Usual Suspects? I'll bring them all to you. Seven, if you're a Law & Order SVU fan, is a natural. Like, that's the kind of person who loves that movie and watches it every month. So that's the one I don't have. The Usual Suspects? Oh, if you can get into the pacing, if you're at all a fan of, of Gabriel Byrne or, uh, or Kevin Spacey, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, suck. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know anymore. And I used to say that was the greatest ending movie of all time. Which it probably still is. But to get to the ending now is a lot of work. And it wasn't before when movies were slower. And then there's Fargo. Which, admittedly, of those three movies is the best movie. But it's not great anymore. Raising Arizona is a much better movie than Fargo. You heard that here first, I bet. No, you probably didn't. Really. I mean, if you're ranking the Coen Brothers movies, it's hard not to put Raising Arizona first. In my opinion. But I'm an opinionated motherfucker who doesn't know shit, so I could be wrong. Okay, so then why did I have such a a buoyant day that resulted in this uh, Dennis the Menace sort of mood that I'm in? Well, let me pause, have a bong hit, and think about that. Wait, didn't I say I was high enough? Oh, I said I was high enough then. Not now. Let's get high enough now. Okay. Well, okay. Well, should I do my paranoid schizophrenic stage first or last? Probably last, right? Oh, let's do the other stuff first. So, other stuff first. Number one, getting ready to go to work today. I didn't have to be there at six. I got to be there at seven. That extra hour matters. There's at least a two to five degree temperature rise, which is usually right around the 25 to 30 degree freezing mark. So if if I can get to go to work in warmer temperatures, I'm always up for it. But because it's seven in the morning and it's dark and I'm riding my bike to work, I'm all bundled up and ready to go in my armored gear of cold combativeness. And uh, well... Turns out that was a whole lot of over-preparation because the temperature hit fucking at least 61 degrees, maybe even higher, but it was gorgeous today. It was golf weather. 
We haven't had golf weather in November or December until today. And arguably Sunday and Monday. But today was golf weather. Today was the kind of golf weather that it was so nice that all the rest of the ice and snow that was on the course was going to have slushed up. So it was going to be sloppy conditions. But you'd have been holding every fucking green like a champ and chipping and putting, you know, within five feet. I, it's just, oh, oh. But it was gorgeous. And when you're working outside, gorgeous is always nice. So uh, I got to work in a shirt and jeans instead of uh, the three layers of down overcoats that I've been wearing the last week before today. So that was point number one. No paranoid schizophrenic part about that at all. But point number two, I didn't have to work with the department supervisor until noon, and I was off at one, and then I got to stay till 3.30, so, and I actually ended up staying until four. All of that said, like, I was on my own doing my own thing all day, and I got to extend my day in a way that was favorable for me because I kept doing the same stuff and got a lot done, and when I'm productive, I'm productive, and so I always enjoy a day where I feel like I put in a good day's work and I earn my fucking uh, pay or whatever. I just, I like doing a good day's work. And I did one. And uh, and I even uh, got the three or so extra hours that, frankly, I should have been scheduled for. So let's just say I was a little uh, uh, embittered if I don't come home with those three extra hours in the first place. But since I did, no embitteredness whatsoever. Except what is that? In the crack of my, oh, what is that? Ugh. Okay, um, so that's point number two, I think. Okay, point number two, we'll call it. Point number three. Um, what would point number three be? Point number three would be, I'm in at seven, not six, but I'm not the opener. Chris was there. He was the opener. Woohoo! Because Chris works hard. Chris does a lot of shit. Um, and uh, speaking of doing a lot of shit, point number four, this is where things kind of go Dennis the Menacey. Well... <clears throat> The bays that were up to be swept because of the cold snap that kept people indoors were bays 20 and 22, which is where the rats live. And I shit you not, pun intended, I filled four five-gallon buckets uh, with rat shit and rat, rat nesting uh, from both those bays. And that's just sweeping them up. Like, I did not go back and find the rats and fucking ferret them out. I just swept up their mess. And they'll make exactly the same mess over the course of the next two weeks, and somebody else will do it, or I'll do it all over again. So, a little Dennis the Menacey, because that might be the absolute worst task of all in the entire store, is sweeping out those two bays. And it happens about every 15 days. So, da-da-da-da, today was the day. I didn't really know this going into the store. I knew it was imminent, but I knew it could have gotten done on Saturday, Christmas Eve. <laughs> it could have. Well, it didn't. Um, so then, uh, that was, so that, we'll call that a little column B. And then, what else was in column, oh, and then I worked with Amy. That's always a little column B. But it's also a little column A. So, she's kind of a value neutral because I get along with her. I'm like one of three people out of 150 that do. So, I have that going for me. But I've earned Amy's respect because I used to work with her way back before I got fired at Home Depot. And that's when we became friends. And so I'm like one of the people who still gets it in Amy's world. 
Um, so Amy comes in. That always adds a little bit of chaos. But then came in Jules, who is becoming my new best friend at work. And there is just, there are people with whom you have a vibe to work well with. Like you just have the same sort of, I don't know, almost break routine, if anything. Like you just have the same get shit done. Like, like you can see the task list in the same exact order and know exactly when it'll be that you'll take your breaks. That person doesn't come along often. And that person just transferred from cashier to my department. And I am loving working with this person because we get a lot done and I really enjoy the day because I'm co-working. This hasn't happened for me the entire time I've been back until these last, let's say, five shifts I've gotten to work with her and she's now on the schedule a lot more going forward. Like, it makes the whole decision, which coincidentally, not ironically, because this is an irony, this is coincidence, that coincidentally will play its part here a little bit later in the story. So, she and I uh, overlapped about five or six hours today, and that was one of the reasons I extended my day, because we were being so effective getting stuff done, I was like, well, if we're going to be like this, can we get this done and this done before I go? And boom, we did. So, that's what I'm saying, like, even though I started my day sweeping out rat shit, I ended my day thinking, wow, look at all that got accomplished, including sweeping out that rat shit, because when that shit's sitting there just fucking 15 days old... It's a disgusting mess. So to have that clean, even for me, is a huge deal. Hang on, pause. I need a little more weed. Okay. But, um, uh, do I just insert the paranoid schizophrenic shit here? I mean, it's where it belongs, right? In the narrative, if we were going to be whiteboarding this, this is where we'd inject it, wouldn't we? Okay. Okay. I guess I'm going to tell you this. Am I really going to tell them this? All right. <gasps> okay, I'm not going to tell you on my Bluetooth speaker. Because it just shut off. No more dancing, Phoebe. Go back to sleep. Okay. First of all, I have a feeling that Julie is either a Palladian fucking uh, skin suit wearing uh, uh, alien who's here to uh, either... Uh, push me along the direction I need to be going or here to observe me uh, uh, either figuring shit out or combusting myself entirely. I don't know what, but there's that potential. She could be my guardian angel. She could be the devil on my shoulder, but I just don't think that's possible. But you have to always have that in play. If you're going to entertain guardian angel, you have to succumb to the concept that you're just being fooled by the devil themselves. Or she's just run-of-the-mill KGB, NSA, whatever. You know, CIA, most likely, right? Um, and I say this because, one, she's pointedly inquisitive. And clever about the way in which she is pointedly inquisitive. Like a KGB or CIA agent. Um, or just a smart person. I'm not, I'm not saying these are the only possibilities, but I'm saying they're still in play. I haven't been able to rule them out. And when it comes to that Pleiadian fucking skin suit wearing alien, well, let's just say there's more than just a little bit of column B on that one. I can't throw as much column B to the KGB narrative, but if alien is alive, KGB is alive. See what I'm saying? Like these dominoes just set themselves up and then you try to knock them down. And so far... 
These are the ones I'm not able to knock down, if not seeing a little reinforcement. So, is it possible? Of course. Why would any of those uh, meta agencies be interested in moi? Well, duh. Everyone's interested in me. I'm a real person. I show my real self. I am what we like to call a multi-generational soul of much transgression and transgression upon. I'm like the total cosmic shit. So, of course, they're interested in me. But that aside, I just can't tell if Julie is actually an agent of any of those cloaked entities. So, shall we turn my paranoid delusional schizophrenia off? Okay, let's turn it off. Now, back to reality. Um, so then, after... Oh, incompetent. You know what I'm saying? Like, you stand out when you're that competent. It's hard for somebody with real training, like NSA-level training, to look minimum wage skilled. They just come off a little too competent. I'm just saying, that's some of the column B. You can't deny it. It's there. And while I appreciate it to get through the workday, because the workday just flies by, well, you can't help but notice there's a little bit of uh, fucking too good at what you're doing over there. Too eager beaver for a fucking minimum wage job. Looks a little fucking agency-like to me. Pause. Or, and let's, let's face it, I mean, if you're going to critique, you got to critique yourself here. After explaining that I was having trouble with my libido uh, intuitions of the uh, end of year sort of sequencing here, all of this could be some reverse psychology play of myself to try to get some honey trap out there in the universe pointed my way. I mean, I get all that, right? I take mushrooms. But no, that's not happening. There's none of that. What I'm saying is there's competence and cooperation. If that doesn't sound like KGB, what does it sound like? Well, I'll tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like the goddamn Philadelphia Eagles is what it sounds like. That team is a fucking roller coaster. And I don't think anybody's going to get on that ride and win. They are looking like they've already won the Super Bowl. They might even already have won next year's Super Bowl. That's how good they are. So yeah, there's that out there. Just not at Home Depot, right? I mean, if you were for sale at Home Depot, what would you be? Fantastic spray? Huh? Really? That's weak. Pause. Okay, so then this collaborative worker and I decide we should go on break after doing this onerous chore. And uh, we're checking each other's schedules to see if there's overlap. And uh, it's at this point that I decide, oh, wait, I don't even know what my schedule for next week looks like. I better go print it. And uh, in printing my schedule, I see the next three weeks, and my hours are going from 29 to 24 to 16 to 16. And I'm thinking, wow. Well, that's the wrong direction. I mean, I applied for full-time hours. I was expecting to see more like 40, 40, 40, 40. But no, I'm seeing 16s. Which has the upside of meaning, oh, so there's a whole lot of free time on those weeks. But that also has the downside of meaning, the dog will be able to eat. The cat, I'm not so certain about. And I clearly will be fasting for at least the week of January 11th. There's that. Because we don't have any padding. Like, what we make is what we spend. Is We are the very definition of paycheck to paycheck. In fact, sometimes I'm looking for nickels and dimes just to go buy a can of beans so we have something to eat. I am the definition of, uh-uh, I don't have extra money. But, 
I don't want money. I don't need money. Money's not important. But having enough money to do what needs to happen next means acquiring some sort of, I don't know, cross-continental transportation, whether that be van or minivan or what. I don't know. But that's got to happen. And then I've got to be able to have enough transition money to move from town to town. So there is a need for finance for the first time ever. That's why I thought the opening happened with the full-time hours in my department. I was sure of it. So when I see this schedule, I'm thinking, well, fuck, am I misreading the universe this bad? This can't even be possible, right? God, I've been looking forward to this for a month, and now it's not going to happen? So this is at 11.30, 11.45. I don't know. I started at 7. We'll say it's at 11.45 when I actually see my schedule because it's not but 15, 20 minutes later when the department supervisor walks in, and I'm like, hey, man, you know me. I'm not here to rock the boat or nothing. I'm just here to work my ass off and just get not paid for it. I mean, I, I mean I'm here to just ask, what's up with this, dude? I thought we were talking about me going to full-time and here I see 16 hours in two weeks, and I, I just uh, I might have to go work at 7-Eleven. I mean, I didn't say any of that, but brought the concern to his attention, and uh, he's like, well, uh, yeah, we are going to uh, put some full-time hours on there. You know, we're doing interviews, and we're doing... I was like, well, you know, I did apply, and what's that interview thing looking like then? What are those happening? Because, you know, I only work a couple days a week, so if those are happening over the course of January, well, what the fuck, man? So, that's at 11.45. And then, an hour later, I see him, and he's like, hey, when are you off? I was like, well, I'm supposed to be off in 15 minutes, but... Since Julie and I are rolling out there, do you mind if I just put in a full eight and we'll keep fucking doing what we're done and doing until it's done? He's like, no, 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 go for it. And then I see him like an hour later and he's like, hey, how long are you going to be here? I was like, well, you told me I could put in a full eight, so 3.30? He's like, great. And then he disappears. And then 15 minutes later, he's like, do you mind coming back to the back office for a quick interview? I was like, oh my God, of course not. I'm glad to accommodate. So, put on my interview face I did, which took all of less than a second. And as they're asking me questions, I can honestly see Megan, who is sitting next to him, the assistant manager, who I respect the fuck out of. She's awesome. I can see her... I don't know. Gaining faith in me. Like, she knows I'm there to work now. Like, I, there's, I mean, they know that already, but I got to voice it today. In a way that I'm not boastful, but I work my ass off when I'm working. I don't expect to do anything but an A-plus job. And that's not readily available for minimum wage at the Home Depot with the current applicant pool. And the fact that I'm no trouble, I'm no drama, and I'm nothing but uh, cheery and upbeat, I just thought I'd be a shoo-in for the job. Now, they're going to go through all the red tape to make sure that it looks like there wasn't favoritism and nepotism, and they should do that, especially given that there was a serious problem with that with one of the previous assistant managers. So I get that they did all this in a sequential way to, to accommodate the legal department. But for fuck's sake, the department needs the full-time hours commitment. Like, there's work to be done. Why are we slacking on the basics of keeping a schedule with the amount of hours necessary to cover it intact? If I hadn't pushed the envelope today, this isn't handled. And Dan's off tomorrow, so then it's another week. It's just frustrating that, yeah, we don't 
give a shit about the corporations anymore. But they just make it clear time and time again that they do not give two shits about us. And in a world where they have so much power, that feeling of disregard, disinterest, well, it's a beatdown. But when you get to work with CIA agents like Julie, <laughs> well, I mean, it does make it better.